baby. This town rips the bones from your back. It's a death trap. It's a suicide rap. We gotta get out while we're young. Cause tramps like us, baby, we were born to find out whether Lost is a good TV show. Hi. Welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And uh, this, is an ep- this is a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. We are almost to the end of the first season, and frankly, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. I thought I was on track, and then after this episode, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, uh, first impressions, how are we feeling on Born to Run? I don't know. It's not landing the Kate stuff for me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The island stuff was cool. Like, like I like that tension building, but man, Kate's backstories have been duds, in my humble opinion. I think the first one was good. Where, with her in Australia, with the farmer. Yeah, that was good. You're right. That one was good. So she's had three this season, right? The next one is whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. which is setting up this mystery of the little plane that's in the suitcase. And then this episode is resolving that mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't that interesting to begin with, mm-hmm. and it isn't that interesting of a resolution. Yeah. So... It, yeah, it doesn't feel great. I, I think Kate has a reputation for having the worst flashback episodes. Um, I tend to do, disagree with that overall, but I can't disagree with that for this first season. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anyone that just had, I mean, she just had two stinkers, yeah. which is a bummer. Yeah. But well, let's let's get into it. Yeah. Born to Run came out May 11, 2005. It was uh, directed by Tucker Gates, who was... Uh, director on Alias, and then um, just a bunch of other shows. It didn't seem like there was anything that he was particularly attached to or seemed all that noteworthy. Uh, It was written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, uh, who will go on to be on ABC, the creators of the show Once Upon a Time, which, have you seen that show at all? No, I haven't seen it. Is it good? I don't, I think no. It, the, it, it came out like a little bit before all these like Disney remakes, like the live action, you know, Aladdin or live action Beauty and the Beast, that kind of thing. And the whole premise of the show is that it's all about these fairy tales, which are real, but because it's on ABC, they can use the Disney version. So they can cast people as well. Like for instance, uh, Emily de Ravin, who plays Claire on Lost, uh, is Belle on oh. Once Upon a Time. Okay. And she's on uh, that show for 118 episodes, I looked oh, it up. Gosh. So she's uh, she's a big part of that one. Um, so I guess they at least, once upon a time, knows how to use uh, Emily de Ravin. Lost may not. Uh, but yeah, so interesting that they, and I think that they will end, they will write a few more episodes of Lost together as well uh, mm-hmm. before they go on to do that. So I guess they're, uh, uh, they're a pair for ABC. So jumping in, uh, we start off in a flashback. <laughs> there we see a shot of a cornfield. And then uh, we see a sign that says motel as um, a woman is driving in. Uh, the, the sign that says motel is also in the shape of an ear of corn. Mm-hmm. So like they really want you to know that this is happening in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Like they are, I guess maybe not the Midwest, but Iowa specifically. <laughs> Uh, this uh, we see a blonde woman 
um, replace her license plate on her car, a thing that she does in, in broad daylight, and nobody seems to be paying any attention to her just switching out a license plate real quick, which is wild. She sneaks into a hotel room that is uh, just being vacated uh, and goes in to dye her hair, gets in the shower, and who is it? It's Kate. Saying that she's dyeing her hair is, I think, very generous. That is, like, the biggest wig. Like That's what I was going to say. The I most think plastic-looking wig. I mean, we've already talked about this on the show. Lost has the worst wigs on TV, and mm-hmm. that's a damn guarantee. Um, but yeah, I think rather than dyeing her hair, I think she should have just taken off that yeah. disgusting <laughs> wig. I think that would have been way more effective. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, too. Is... Is this trying to imply that Kate's hair is actually blonde, but she's she's just dyed it brunette? I guess at this point on the island, we probably would have seen I, yeah, everyone's seen, hair color change. Yeah, roots by now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think this is supposed to be kind of like a psycho type reference too, with the hair dye going down the drain. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. It doesn't. Doesn't seem like that really figures narratively into the show at all, so I guess that's just something they wanted to do. Um, we talked last week about the incredibly named tracks uh, Booneral and Shenanigans for Michael Giacchino's score. This <laughs> this uh, week, the only real notable one that he has is uh, Kate's Motel, which is, I guess, a play on Bates Motel from, mm. uh, again, Psycho. So, Kate, after finally <laughs> get, gets that wig off, and gets to the front desk of the hotel where she has a letter waiting for her under the name Joan Hart. This name is a reference to Melissa Joan Hart, who played Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, Kate's mom later in the episode is played by uh, one of the aunts uh, on that show. No, I did not catch that she was one of the aunts. It's, it's hard to tell because she's in the, you know, like, I'm dying makeup. Yeah. Um, But yeah, she's, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember which name, what her name was on that show. But anyways, mm-hmm. that's like a small reference to that, I suppose. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart now is basically, have you seen what she does now? No. Like, she started going down the road of, like, I'm just going to be, like, the Hallmark movie girl, where she does, like, uh, you know, a million movies called Christmas Time, but it's spelled, like, T-H-Y-M-E, and she's a chef. And then she oh, goes to the small sure. town and runs into the hottest man you've ever seen and then they hate each other and then fall in love and she did like 50 of those and then she started doing um like the christian movie type thing like uh, god's not dead or that kind of thing where it's like oh this (laughs) you're now specifically supported by churches who rent theaters to take youth groups to these so interesting arc from teenage witch to christian mom in movies interesting yeah that's true (laughs) Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see her eventual, I mean, she's gotta be, she'll be the first star of, like, the first Christian NFT. I don't really know how that works, but, you know, she'll end up there, I think. Uh, Kate gets this letter, goes out into the car and reads it, and just starts crying. We cut back to her on the island, she's staring at the toy plane, uh, for the last time on the show, she'll never do this again. That's another thing that kind of irritates me, is like... You know, I mean, obviously we haven't seen it yet, so maybe it's hard to factor it into the analysis of this episode, but, like, she cared so much about that stupid toy plane. Mm-hmm. But but now, 
And I think the show was really trying to foster a sense of mystery about why she cared so much about it. And now we know, as of this episode, right? And um, we don't have a reason to care about the plan ever again, so Kate doesn't either. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. not going to... It's not really going to be... It's a part of her backstory, but it's not a part of her character. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very clumsily done, I think. I don't know. Charlie comes over while she's sitting by herself, playing his guitar. Charlie's in a great mood this episode. You could maybe guess that he had uh, stumbled across some heroin. Uh, I don't think he has, but he sure... Uh, he's something, something's in the wind for him because yeah. he's, he's really happy. Um, mm-hmm. he's talking about how Driveshaft gone platinum at this point, must have gained a bunch of popularity when he died in a plane crash. What do you, what do you think about that? Do you think that, uh, Driveshaft is getting all that popular off of him dying in a plane crash? No. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I mean, I know that they're trying to push the story along, but that's a silly thing for even Charlie to say. Especially, yeah. like, given his his background with his, like, brother and, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, like a good... <laughs> well, it's like... And also, like, Driveshaft was a one-hit wonder, right? They just had their You All Everybody song. Um, right. I never... Like, they're obviously based on Oasis, but I don't think that they were ever supposed to be considered as big as Oasis. Uh, maybe they were. I mean, it's always hard to tell with this kind of stuff. But it's kind of like if the bassist slash songwriter, I guess, for, like, the plain white tees died in a plane accident. They would not suddenly be getting really popular. No. Maybe they'd be playing um, Hey There Delilah on a few more, you know, mixes and stuff, but I think that's about it. Uh, But he talks about how they're all going to be famous once they get picked up. Um, Again, I don't think that that's true, especially if there's, like, 50 of them. Right. It'll be an insane, that would be an insanely big news story, for sure, if, if like, there was 50 survivors a month after a plane crash, but uh, probably Jack would be the famous one, I would guess, after that. Yeah. Uh, Jack, for sure, would be the one talking at the press conference. And Charlie would find a way to be there. Yeah, maybe that's true. (laughs) I guess Charlie would probably be. Charlie, Dominic Moynihan, most famous actor, um... Charlie would, is probably the most famous person to go down on the plane, even though we don't think he's all that famous. So maybe he would still come out on top. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who are we to dash Charlie's dreams of yeah. posthumous fame? That's true. <laughs> they are looking over at the raft, and there's some shouting. Um, we get Dr. Leslie Arzt. And I want to be really clear about this, like just right off the bat. It's played by Daniel Roebuck. That's not what I want to be clear about. What I want to be clear about is this podcast is a pro-artsed podcast. Um, 100%. Emma, I don't even know what your thoughts on them are. You didn't even consult I did not me run, on that. No, I didn't yeah. consult you about this at all. But I will not brook any discussion of him being a bad character. He's beautiful uh, and should be uh, treated with the utmost respect, which is why I will only be referring to him as Dr. Artsed. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what are we thinking about Arst? Uh, uh-huh. What is he a doctor of? I Great guess, question. Yeah, it's like, not medicine. We okay. know that for sure it's not medicine. Yeah, not medicine. Um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I feel like he did a really good job of, like, I mean, if they're in, if they're near Fiji, there are places to go south of them that they could. Sure. 
So I thought that oh. was kind of silly. You know, like, oh, yes. Antarctica is the only thing <laughs> south of you guys. But Jack yeah. was on board with that, too. So I don't know. Well, I think we should be clear. Everything that he says is wrong. Okay. Like, scientifically, <laughs> nothing that any, everything about, like, the monsoon season's coming in. I mean, monsoon, monsoon, monsoon season. I guess I don't know how it would work in the southern hemisphere. Do you guys, you guys don't have monsoons where you're at, do you? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. We get them here. I, uh, I live in the desert and, um, but it's a summertime thing. It would not be coming in, uh, at this point they're in what, November or late October. So I don't think it would be coming for them. It might. Yeah, I guess it would be. That would be their yeah. summer, wouldn't it? So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe monsoon monsoon season is coming in. That's actually really difficult to say. Props to Doctor Arts for doing it so flawlessly in the episode. <laughs> the the uh, but yeah, the stuff about the trade winds going like all of that is uh, complete bullshit. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it at some point. Actually, I think we should probably do an episode on them. I think uh, there is eventually some like webisodes uh, released, and it's even kind of like pre-webisode era Mm -hmm. like it's very early like internet shorts that were released for lost and one of them is dr arts explaining to michael that everything he said was bs uh and um and he's uh uh, he really just wanted them to get going as quick as possible and he apologizes and like believes in them um and I think the reason that yes, I think the reason they did that was because so many people probably called them out on <laughs> on how this was bullshit. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it works for the story, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, he talks about how they need to get going yesterday. They're uh, uh, they're way far behind. Sawyer kind of argues with him a little bit, and Arts calls Sawyer a hillbilly, and then Sawyer says, "Okay, but you're a high school science teacher," and it is great that he has like a little like. Just super condescending lecture to everybody where he, uh, you know, and what's the only place south of here? Mm-hmm. And then he, yes, Jack, that's right. Like, um, great, flawless character. He's perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. It, it basically just establishes that they need to leave soon. Right. Builds urgency. Is that the first time that we've ever seen him on the island? Like, has he been in any background shots or anything? He has not been in any background anything. This is his first time on the island. Okay. Um, I think he was integrated a little bit better than, uh, well, definitely better than the guy who had never heard of Hives before. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think, who else have we gotten? Not really anybody else, because the other person was Ethan, but he obviously was uh, not an actual survivor. So plant. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, I, but he has not shown up up to this point. Uh, and he won't show up for the rest of the episode, unfortunately. This is an Arts Light episode. Kate, uh, as Michael is walking away from this big town hall meeting that Arts has created, uh, tells Michael that she wants to go with them. Uh, Michael says they're full, but then Kate brings up, like, why are you bringing Sawyer? Uh, he doesn't know how to sail. I do. Uh, which I think, all things considered, is a pretty fair point. Yeah. But um, is this the first time that we're hearing about this? That she knows yes. how to sail? So, a little suspicious. Little yeah, that's true. But she has also... She knows how to, you know, like, track and hunt. So I don't think it's, like, crazy that she would know how to sail, too. Yeah. But yes, I mean, that is a great point, that she's probably lying. 
she I should have looked that up. She says something about like I've been uh, sailing on. She says some specific type of boat. Maybe that's just completely not even a real boat. Um, she uh, she definitely gets in Michael's head about Sawyer a little bit, but then she asks if Walt is going, and Michael is is mad about this and tells her that they're full. <laughs> it's kind of funny that that is Kate. Kate is only doing that out of self-interest, right? Because she wants to be on the raft. But definitely someone should be having that conversation with Michael, yeah. I think, Of like, mm-hmm. your kid cannot go on this raft, dude. That is so such a bad idea. Right. It, you may miss monsoon season. Uh, there will be at least one storm. Unless mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you guys, like, just swing around the other side of the island and you're, like, actually in Hawaii. Like, that's the only case where uh, Walt's getting out alive. Mm-hmm. Back in flashback, uh, Kate goes to the hospital to visit uh, Diane Jensen, um, who we will later find out is her mother. Um, she has a big bouquet of flowers. Uh, she goes to her room, but the room is being guarded by a, a police officer. So she instead breaks into uh, her ex-boyfriend, Tom's car. Now, Tom is technically not played by Topher Grace, but only technically. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, do you, uh, did you see who he's played by, by any chance? No, but he did look familiar. Okay, I wonder if you're gonna, uh, if this is why he's gonna look familiar. He was played by Mackenzie Aston, who is Sean Aston's uh, brother. What? I know. It, you definitely, when you're watching him, can see it a little bit. Like they don't have very similar. Sean Aston has a, a face like a barrel, and yeah. this guy is like a beanpole. Mm-hmm. But um, they definitely are a little bit similar for sure. I wonder if Dominic Moynihan like. Uh, pulled some strings or something sure um I, okay here's a question though would this have been one million times better if that had actually just been sean astin yes of course uh, that that would have been uh, i think he would have been perfect as, he should uh, be in everything well yes of course this, why did i even ask you <laughs> um <laughs> uh tom calls her katie and asks uh what what she's doing in his car um she says that diane has cancer and uh she needs his help back on the island son asks Jin if he's going uh he's extremely not talkative which i guess is typical for him but he eventually says that he is gonna go on the on the raft meanwhile saeed is taking jack into the jungle uh, he won't tell Jack where they're going, um, and Jack finally is like, look, either you tell me or I'm taking off. And then Locke steps out of the jungle. Uh, Locke was the one that asked Saeed to bring him out and not tell him anything to keep an open mind. Uh, and Jack sees the hatch for the first time. It's interesting that Saeed is just kind of like, you know, after he finally gets Locke to tell him about the hatch, he's kind of doing the same thing of just like picking like specific people. Uh, yeah. to just be like, all right, I guess we're going to grab Jack and we'll tell him about it. Like, I, I can't believe that you would just tell everybody at this point. Mm-hmm. Or tell, I don't know, bring more people in. Like, I, Michael is an engineer. Like, I know that he's yes. working on the, the raft and that's important to him, but I feel like he would be interested in trying to help them too. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that, but he would absolutely be the perfect person to try and figure out how to open that thing up. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sawyer is just basically chilling at the worksite. <laughs> Michael's like bigging, uh, dragging a huge piece of metal. Sawyer like is not helping him at all and asks, like, hey, uh, Jin is bringing a bunch of salted fish. Which again, you know, we don't really think about it. Salt from where? Where are they getting salt from? They have enough salt to, to like salt up a cooler of fish. Wouldn't it but be kind of the... easy to get salt though? From Would it? The ocean? Yeah, like just. Oh, I guess that's true. Dry somewhere, and I don't know if it—that's like the kind of salt that you want to eat. Yeah, Is I it have the no same idea. Thing? I don't know. I guess it probably would be. Yeah, no, you're probably right. That I didn't even think about that. Of course, that makes sense. I was just assuming that, like at this point, like Hurley had built a salt mine or something yeah. like that, just like off screen. <laughs> Sawyer asks, "Hey, why can't we catch fish on the raft?" And Michael says, okay, do you not know anything about, like, sailing and questions him on all this stuff? Uh, and says, you know, hey, maybe you are the wrong person to be on the raft. And this is great because Sawyer is genuinely hurt by Michael saying yeah. this. Um, it's pretty cute. They've all been, like, buddies. This Yeah. And all hanging out, even though Sawyer's not doing anything. I feel like he no. was starting to, like, really warm up to all of them and... Yeah, um, I mean, to but, be clear, Sawyer brings nothing. No, <laughs> no, he he does not. But can't you fish off of a, a raft? Like, why is that you, the question that sets Michael yeah, over the edge? I mean, you probably could, but I guess it wouldn't be consistent. Yeah. I mean, certainly, I mean, if you're stepping foot on that raft, you're not really thinking about future safety anyway, so I don't know mm-hmm. why it's such a crazy thing for Sawyer to ask, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> Michael basically tells him, uh, maybe you're not the guy, and Sawyer is upset. Um, Kate is burning up a passport. Uh, Sawyer comes to confront her, uh, and she is, <laughs> she kind of hides it, I guess, and asks, you know, like, why, why she wants on the raft, and he apparently has known this whole time that she was the marshal's prisoner, or at least since uh, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. uh, he's known. Which makes sense that he would clock that. And he realizes that's why she wants on the raft, uh, you know, so she doesn't want to get seen by everybody. As she's walking away, uh, Kate says, "Hey Sawyer, if I want on the raft, or if I want your spot, I'll get your spot." Which is pretty Menacing. ballsy. Yeah, yeah she, I thought it was great. I thought that was a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish that we saw more of that kind of... Because she's so passive in everything she does on the island. Like, she she sneaks around in the shadows. And then the second she gets caught, she just, like, freezes. And then lets mm-hmm. anybody do anything to her. And then we'll go back to, like, scheming in the background as soon as people stop looking at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's nice to see her um, actually challenge somebody. And she really only does that with Sawyer. Yeah, that's right? true. Right? Like, I mean, she challenges Jack, I guess, but not in the same Not way. really. No, yeah. she she drugs Jack, but then yeah. does let him know that she did it as he's, like, falling asleep. Right. That's, yeah, true. Walt asks Michael about the raft, about why it's not going to tip over, that kind of thing. But uh, as he's asking questions, Michael collapses with stomach pain. Uh, Walt runs to his son and Kate... Son takes Walt back to Michael, and Kate runs off to get Jack. I immediately thought he had appendicitis. Oh man, that would man. Be, oh, that would be great. Seeing yeah. Jack have to do surgery on the island would be incredible. Mm-hmm. 
that's what I was thinking, like where the story was going, but I'm just naive. I didn't even suspect poison. Yeah. I was assuming, I kind of thought like voodoo curse was my, uh, my initial thought, but um, <laughs> yeah, that would be, I mean, that he would just be dead, right? There's, yeah. there's no way you could cut someone open and not have them get infected. Uh, Jack is asking why Locke didn't tell him about the uh, hatch. And Locke says, you know, with all, due respect, with all due respect, I don't report to you. Uh, which is fair. I, w- <laughs> I mean, the only reason that that works is because Jack phrases it as, uh, why didn't you tell me about the hatch? Why didn't mm-hmm. you tell everybody about the hatch is a pretty valid question, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Locke says he used discretion just like Jack did uh, with the case of guns. And so, like, again, you know, Jack probably should have told everyone about the guns, too. Like, this is not... This is just two toxic leaders going back and forth on, like, why they can't call each other out. But right. Saeed is sitting there and should be able to be like, you guys both suck. <laughs> yeah. Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Jack says, all right, you know, how are we going to get this thing open then? And Saeed is shocked because he brought Jack thinking that Jack would talk some sense into Locke. I, how do you feel about this? Am I pro open hatch? Yeah. Or keep it shut? I um, I want it open. Not just yeah. as like an audience viewer, but as an island member. Exactly like what Jack was saying. There might be supplies in there. In there. Right. So... Sight saying like, like, oh, there's worse things you could have on there. Like, there's not even a handle. But like, okay, but like, what if there's a handle on the inside? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what's uh, I don't know what the what what could be in there that if he would be afraid of. Something like, well, maybe it's like Rousseau rigged it with something. Like, maybe it's some kind of booby trap. Sure. I mean, that would make more sense to me than leaving it like ominous and oh there's so many more worse things like what though could you be a little more specific because i can't think of any here's my thought if the worst case scenario they open up the hatch they finally you know they devise a, a coconut door handle and and spring it open inside there's like 12 like polar bear corpses that's like the worst thing that they're gonna find in there i think yeah uh, definitely. I mean, just in general, like, Saeed, Saeed thinking that we they shouldn't open it is crazy. Because, like, mm-hmm. they're on, they're stuck on an island, and there's a box that has something inside of it. Every human being, uh, is going to start going crazy if they just, just leave it there and don't try and find out what's inside. Mm-hmm. Like, all you'd be doing is sitting there wondering, I wonder what's in the hatch. Uh, <laughs> like, all day long. Uh, as they're leaving, Kate finds Jack, and they run... Uh, to get to Michael. Uh, and Jack asks Michael about his diet, and he's been, you know, eating the same thing as Jin, uh, getting their water from the same place. Uh, and Michael says, like, hey, we need to launch this raft tomorrow, as he's sitting there shivering and sweating. I thought maybe this was going in another place, too, where all of the people cleaning themselves near the one source of fresh water was <laughs> yeah. finally catching up with the group. Yeah. Hey, guys, you have to stop wiping your ass in the drinking water. I'm sorry. I hate to be the person to do this, but we, we've got to stop. People are really... Everyone has dysentery. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever they drink has like 0.026% locks blood in it at the yeah. moment. 
So, <laughs> uh, back in flashback, uh, Kate is in Tom's kitchen with him, staring at pictures of his family. He has a uh, 22-month-old named Connor uh, with his wife, Rachel. Uh, they're out of town at the moment. They're sitting there drinking glasses of tap water with no ice in uh, Tom's kitchen. Pretty typical... Uh, like 2 a.m. activity, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, in Iowa. Yeah, in Iowa. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they, uh, Kate says, you know, hey, do you think it's still there? Tom says, what are you talking about? She says, oh, you know what I'm talking about. And um, they drive out to a tree in the middle of nowhere. Now, I will say I am lukewarm, I would say, on this episode. I think the flat, the flashbacks badness versus the stuff I'm enjoying on the island is kind of canceling each other out. I do mm-hmm. love this shot. I think that the whole flashback is kind of worth it. I think this tree looks incredible. They got some cows chilling right there. It really like it makes you feel that like weird emptiness that you you feel when it's dark outside and there's no lights around. Yeah, I really like the shot. I so. I think I've maybe mentioned this on the show before. I am from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I have spent considerable amount of time in like Iowa, Nebraska, the Dakotas, da 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 da. You actually you haven't mentioned it on the show, but you have said you betcha like four hundred yeah. times. So everyone knew. <laughs> the accent does jump out sometimes, but <laughs> I it was just really funny to me because like it's such a gorgeous scene and I'm really not trying to sound like a hater. There's no place like that. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. That, that like tree, it looks so out yeah. of place. Yeah. But, that tree is for sure a Hawaii only. Yeah. Tree. Um, mm-hmm. And those are yeah. like ranch steers, which you probably wouldn't see in the Midwest either, but I'm maybe no. picking it apart way too much. I thought it was so pretty. It does not look like the Midwest to me, which was a little oh. distracting living in the Midwest. I, I think those the, the the cows are there specifically because they knew that this tree did not look like it was from the Midwest. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll just put, like, what they really should have done was put, like, a Hardee's right there instead yeah. of those, those cows. But, like, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Culver's. Yes. <laughs> um, but it looks great. So, in my opinion, worth it. But, yeah, it is not very, not exactly a, a Midwestern native tree. Um uh, back on the island, uh, Jack is saying that to Michael that he doesn't think it's heat stroke or diet, um, and he finds poison in one of the water bottles. There's like some powder at the bottom. He tells uh, Michael, who immediately assumes that it's Sawyer that did it. Meanwhile, Locke is talking to Hurley, uh, trying to find out if Hurley has seen anything, I guess. Um, uh, Hurley tells Jack about how Kate wants on the raft and how she's vying for Sawyer's spot and then accidentally spills the beans about her being a fugitive uh, to Locke. And Locke... I don't even think Locke cares, to be honest. Yeah, I think he's just using it to take a jab at Jack. Oh, for sure. He's just using it to be like, oh, you didn't tell me about this either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it had been like, oh yeah, by the way, Kate is a confirmed serial killer. Locke probably would have been like, oh, okay, and treated her exactly the same. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't see Locke uh, ostracizing anyone for being a fugitive. But yeah, Jack says he used his discretion, um, echoing Locke ac- uh, about why he didn't uh, 
tell everyone about the hatch. And then we get the most delicious smile from Terry O'Quinn. Yes, yeah. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, he's great as Locke every, mm-hmm. the whole time, even though Locke is um, kind of a weirdo. I'm, I'm hoping with, you know, Walt going on the raft, it helps Locke seem a lot less creepy. Yeah, agreed. I feel like if that dynamic was missing, I wouldn't think of him as kind of a manipulative creep sometimes. For sure. Charlie, or I I should say Claire, is cutting Charlie's hair on the beach. This is a cute enough scene. Uh, Charlie's writing a new song because he's so excited about the island, uh, or about the album that he's going to write about the island once he gets back. And he offers to let Claire and uh, Turniphead stay with him in L.A. until they get rescued. She still hasn't named that baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Do we? Do you have any suggestions? Um, I think that she should name him after the most imper- important character of the show, which is the island. Oh, she should just name him Island. Yeah. I thought you were about to say Vincent, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> Either or. Vincent Junior would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, my third suggestion is she should name the baby Nolan. I think that's a really oh, great name. Yeah. We'll see. It might end up being that. Still, we don't know. Uh, or maybe maybe over the course of the show, she just never names it, and he just is the island kid. Mm-hmm. Island baby. Island baby. <laughs> uh, Kate asks Jack about Michael and how he's doing, and then, like, she doesn't even really wait for him to give an answer before being like, anyway, so is somebody going to be taking his spot? Or, like, she is just so bad at lying to Jack. Yeah. Uh, Jack asks if she poisoned Michael, uh, and... Kate says, do you really think I'm capable of that? Now, um, Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No yeah. offense, Kate. You poisoned Jack last episode. Like, what are you talking about? Of course you're capable of it. Um, and ultimately, we do find out Kate didn't do it, really. She suggested it, I suppose, to Sun. She may as well have. That's so manipulative. And it, I yes. just... Uh, we'll get there. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back in flashback, uh, Tom and Kate drink a beer while they're digging. So obviously, if you're not drinking tap water in your kitchen at 2 a.m. in Iowa, you are drunk driving. So this this is really accurate, I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he says that it's not fair uh, the way she came back. And Kate agrees, but then she finds the time capsule, which is a new kids on the block lunchbox that they buried in... What is this, 2005? So they buried it. Oh, no. Well, I guess we know for sure. They buried it on August 15th, 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's when they recorded the tape. So, uh, which is a little bit of a 815 being uh, the date and the name of the flight that they were on, Oceanic 815. Have you ever uh, buried a time capsule? Do you have anything buried out there? My class did. When I was in first or second grade, but I have no idea what I contributed to it. Mm. Yeah, I think I had something similar. Yeah. It's one of those things that would be for sure cool to see. Yeah, Um, I would love to revisit that, but I have no idea where it is. Do you think that maybe what you buried on it was a tape with you and your your current love interest talking about your, like, your guys' exact problems that will stay with you into adulthood? 
I can confidently say it was not that. <laughs> okay, I think that might yeah. have been what I buried, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they find a tape, and on it, they talk about how... Uh, Tom talks about how they'll be married with nine kids. Ugh. Let's see, how old are they in this? 1989. The show takes place in 2004. Uh, so that's that's 15 years. Kate is probably what? 20, so what, they're probably like 13, 14, maybe yeah. 15. Mm -hmm. She says, when I get my license. So maybe they're 15. At 15, you know that you're not going to have nine kids, right? Yeah. Like, unless you're a freak that wants that. I shouldn't mm -hmm. say freak. Unless you're a person that wants nine kids. Uh, yeah, Kate says that she wants to run away as soon as she gets her license. <laughs> Tom says, you always run away. You always want to run away. Uh, you have an avoidant personality, Kate, and you will even into the future, whether or not you crash land on an island. And then uh, she says, uh, yeah, and you know why. Uh, so obviously she has something that she's running from um, bad in her home life. We don't really get any more hints into that. I mean, that's another thing with this episode, right? It doesn't answer a single thing about what Kate did, which is the only real compelling mystery Yeah. Um, up until this point. Like, the, mm -hmm. the plane thing, I'm honestly kind of glad they resolve it now, because then we don't have it hanging over our heads for two seasons. But yeah, this episode does not answer anything interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it kind of gives a glimpse into her dynamic with her mom. I thought that was... Yes. Compelling, but it's only like two seconds of... Yes. Know, and I also, what I will say with that is, I don't think that they... I think at this point, they do not know what Kate did. Uh, the writers. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that whatever that they come up with is going to have to... Like, it's going to have to factor this kind of stuff in, rather than be have already used it as a foundation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the idea of... Well, we'll talk about when we get to it. But yeah, I agree. I mean, that stuff that stuff is interesting, uh, for sure. Uh, it just isn't enough to build a flashback around. Yeah, right. Um, and, oh, and in the present day, Tom and Kate uh, kiss. They uh, they smooch in his car. And then they need I to yelled, get to the hospital. No! Yeah. On my TV when that happened. Yeah. I hate Tom. Yeah, Tom's a piece of shit. I mean, he's a good guy for Kate. And I guess maybe you can infer that he's been in love with her since he was 15 and... She took off, and he was never going to, so that's why he's with uh, Rachel with their 22-month-old. But, uh, yeah, what are you doing? Kissing your fugitive ex-girlfriend in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Uh, Walt comes up to Locke and tells Locke that he didn't poison his dad. And Locke, you know, assures him, like, you know, I, I know that you burnt the rat, but I don't think that you would try and hurt your dad. And he grabs Walt's arm, which, again, is, like, very menacing, yeah. You shouldn't do it. Don't like I don't I don't think it's supposed to be bad. I think it's just a way for them to initiate contact so that we can have this weird moment with Walt. Mm -hmm. Um which is the problem is like yeah, I he, the the Lock Walt relationship is not supposed to be creepy. I don't think it just accidentally is. Mhm. Mm when Lock grabs Walt's arm, Walt recoils, breaks out of his grip, and his entire demeanor shifts and he says, "You shouldn't open it." Uh, you shouldn't open that thing. And I think we can pretty rightfully assume he's talking about the hatch. Mm -hmm. And again, we have already determined, I believe, right, that it is a full-service Starbucks down there. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what Walt's problem is here. Maybe he thinks that, you know, as soon as you have one on the island, then there's going to be another one popping up across the street. And it's going to be... 
At the uh, beach, on the cave. Yeah. So maybe I see Walt's point a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sawyer uh, brings Michael some Pepto-Bismol. Uh, I think and... he's genuinely trying to be so nice. I know. This is this is truly like the equivalent of another person like coming over to Michael and like laying a damp cloth across his forehead and like uh, singing him a little lullaby as mm-hmm. he's like that's this is Sawyer's version of that. This is the the closest he can get is throwing some pop some Pepto Bismol at him and calling him boss. Um, Michael kicks Sawyer off the raft, uh, saying that he's a criminal, which is fair. Uh, Sawyer definitely is a criminal. Like, I think we knew that even without any of his flashbacks. So, Sawyer gets mad and starts... Oh, hold up for a second, though. Like, he doesn't just say, you're a criminal. He also says, like, you take things off of dead bodies. And that, like, kind of got me because everybody on the island is using this like he we're not sure how he bought his way in but it probably had something to do with like scavenging in that way right so like he's benefiting from that yes for sure yeah he he needed i think they said that he needed he had some wire that they needed Mm -hmm. so like yeah for sure he's well he's he's happy to take the stuff that sawyer scavenges right um same with jack right with all the medication and the alcohol when they need it for boone's leg Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sawyer uh, realizes that uh, it's Kate putting stuff in Michael's head, um, and he dumps out Kate's bag. He grabs her real hard on the upper forearm and dumps out her bag, pulls out her passport, and shows everyone that she had stolen uh, Joanna's passport, the woman that drowned. It's insane to me that Joanna is still getting mentioned this much. She was mentioned last episode, too. This mm-hmm. is her passport. She uh, We never see her on the show. Um, I believe she was played by uh, Meryl Streep, and I have no yes. way to tell you whether or not that's true because we haven't seen her. Uh, but yeah, he says that uh, Kate poisoned Michael because uh, she was so desperate. Back in flashback, Tom brings uh, Diane to see Kate. So uh, Kate tries to talk to her. She's extremely weak or just tired. It is 5 a.m. And she's being dragged out of her hospital room <laughs> to mm-hmm. uh, to go talk to her. So um, she, Diane starts kind of mumbling. She can't really make out. Kate can't really make out what she's saying. Um, Diane calls her Catherine, and Kate says, "Yeah, it's me. It's Catherine," and apologizes to her for everything that she put her through. Um, and so Diane starts screaming for help, um, and uh, yeah. Kate runs. I mean, it is wild. Like, you do have to wonder, what did Kate do that could elicit that kind of... That could both have that kind of reaction from Diane, where she's scared of her own daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Kate thinks that she is able to come back and talk to Diane. Mm-hmm. Like, either Kate is extremely delusional, or uh, Diane is uh, extremely overdramatic. Or maybe he doesn't know the full story or... Yeah, or that too. I mean, the reason... Like, Kate... You know, we've talked about this, how one of my favorite things with different... With the different flashbacks is how they can be their own genres. And so Kate can kind of be this, like, the fugitive style, like, wandering from town to town. Here's the con that she has to pull before she, you know, puts her bindle on her back and walks into the sunset... To whatever the next town is. Like, Kate can do that for her flashback episodes. 
which I think is cool, and I think that you can have a good dimension to that. The thing with shows like The Fugitive and that kind of thing are, though, is that in The Fugitive, he didn't actually do the murder. Yeah. And in this, we don't even know what Kate did, let alone whether or not she's innocent of it or not. Right. So it's really hard to come up with a judgment about any of it without knowing. Like, did... did did uh, Kate burn down the puppy farm that Diane worked uh-huh. at? Like then, okay, yeah, maybe we, uh, maybe we are shouting for help as well in the hallway. But like, I don't know. It's uh, they're writing a real tight line, and the only reason that they, I think, have to do it is because they want to keep it a mystery as to what she did, and I think that's a mistake. I'm just trying to figure out like how long does it take before the mystery is revealed? I honestly can't remember. Is that? Yeah, I... Do they, like, keep stringing people along for a few seasons with Kate? I think we might get one more flashback. It's definitely... It gets found out next season. I know that for certain. So, I mean, you know, no spoilers, I suppose. But we'll find out even prior to the episode airing because the name of the episode is What Kate Did. Oh, um, gotcha. So we will okay. find that out soon. And I think because they're realizing kind of what we're talking about here, which is it's untenable to keep uh, trying to add mystery into something that doesn't need it. Uh, yeah, but and I think the thing that gets me especially about Kate is that with, like, a show like Lost, I I love the mystery behind it. And... um. I like that people kind of toe that line between what is good and what is bad, but we don't even know if she's really towing that line. And it's really hard to like make it to identify with her um, as a character and to feel remorse for her or, you know, it's just conflicting and it doesn't feel like the good kind of conflict that you want with the show. Right. It's just confusing. I think Lost got, in episode four, right, is Walkabout, which is Locke's backstory episode. And it's fantastic. And at the the end of the episode, there's this big reveal, which is that he's been in a wheelchair the whole time. And then it lets you recontextualize everything that happened in that episode up to that point. And I think the writers of Lost are a little bit too... I think they got too excited by how good that was and thought that the secret sauce was having a reveal in every episode. And you don't need a reveal in every episode. The reveals should be on the island, right? They Mm -hmm. shouldn't be necessary. Like, you can have some stuff in flashback. And especially if it's somebody's first flashback episode, that's a great time to have them... To have, like, a big reveal at the end. But, like, when you're on, like, your fifth one about Kate and you're like, oh my god she was a good person the whole time or, Oh my God, she's been a murderer. Like then it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't work as well. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Kate runs away from Diane, a security guard grabs her and she knocks him out. Uh, she, Tom sees her, asks what's going on. She says, I need your keys. Tom gets in the car as well. Uh, they get blockaded by the police coming out of the parking garage. So Kate, says you need to get out, and he refuses multiple times. And she tells him to get out multiple times, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the guy that Kate, at the end of whatever the case may be, was, like, screaming at Jack, saying that she killed him. I don't think that she killed him. I think this no. is purely on Tom. Yeah, agreed. And uh, 
she crashes through the police car. The police officer, like, fires and completely misses her. Uh, but Tom gets shot. So they she keeps driving, crashes into another car, realizes that she can't do anything for him, so she takes his little plane and then runs. Yeah, it, just a disappointing ending, I would say. You're waiting for there to be some big conflict for why Kate had to kill the man that she loves. And this isn't it. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't even really feel like she killed him. It, it feels like it's his fault completely. And it, then it's also, like, there's kind of the tragedy, right, that they set up in the beginning of the episode. Where he talks about how he has a 22-month son and a wife. And they're obviously going to, like, you know, it, it's a bummer that he's leaving them behind. But I will say, it must really suck for that wife knowing that, like, the reason your husband died is because he wouldn't get out of the car, like, for his old ex-girlfriend. Like, at at the point where, like, there's a cop pointing a gun at you, you've got to think, hey, I've got a family. Uh (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't be in this car with this woman who I'll never see again, which he does does never see again now because she's dead. Or he's dead. Um, And let's be real, maybe he was going to run out on them anyway and like try and follow kate around i mean we that is true if he wouldn't leave i mean what were his intentions yeah that's a good point um yeah i don't know yeah anti-tom yeah tom sucks this uh this show is now oh for two on boyfriend toms right because claire's claire's boyfriend was thomas oh the the father of turnip heads or turnip heads father i suppose um so <laughs> the uh, uh, I, maybe the writers of the show had a real bad experience with someone named Tom. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to keep an eye out for future Toms. Kate on the beach admits that she was the Marshall's fugitive. She says that she's going to jail for whatever she supposedly did. So this is the first time, even in twenty two episodes, or yeah, twenty two episodes, that we've seen Kate uh, even attempt to say that she didn't do whatever it was that she's accused of. Whatever that may be, because, of course, she still doesn't tell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says that she didn't poison Michael, but everyone kind of looks at her in disgust and turns away. Um, Charlie is extremely judgmental for uh, somebody who would, um, who's been addicted to heroin up until this point. She, all, all, he know, all they know is that she was a fugitive. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe everybody is hurt by her trying to like disrespect Joanna's memory like that. But I don't think that that's it. <laughs> yeah. Jack asks Sun why she poisoned Jin. Um, and it, so, of course, that's the reveal for this episode. It wasn't Kate this whole time. It was Sun. She says she accidentally got Michael. She was uh, trying to get Jin. Uh, and she didn't want him to die. She just wanted him to be so sick that he couldn't go. And Jack says, well, I'm not going to tell the others. But you do need to tell him goodbye because he is going. Pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Especially because, I mean, we'll see it later. Yeah, well, I guess we'll talk about it for the ending scene. Uh, Sawyer comes up to Kate and says, uh, tells her that he's back on the raft. Um, and he says, he kind of tries to justify what he did by being like, look, you cornered me. Uh, you told me you were going to take my spot, and I guess I believed you. Uh, she asks why he wants to go. Uh, and he says, because there ain't anything on the island worth staying for. Uh, so I guess implying that she is not worth staying for. Realistically, this feels like this should be the end of the Sawyer-Kate love triangle thing, right? Yeah. No spoilers, I guess. It isn't. 
we'll be dealing with that for uh, a while yet, so don't uh, be sitting on the edge of your seats now. Walt tells Michael that he was the one that burned the raft, and he did it because he didn't want to leave. Uh, this is a great scene. Michael tells him, you know, Michael clearly is like immediately pretty mad about it, which I think is a fair reaction, but he says, look, if you don't want to leave, we don't have to leave. We'll stay. So, like, he immediately is willing to turn on a dime for his kid, um, which is sweet. Mm-hmm. He should be doing that anyways, just because it isn't safe to take Walt on that raft, but right. it's nice to know that if that's what Walt wanted, he would stay on this island. Uh, but Walt doesn't want to. I think uh, based on Walt talking to Locke, Walt thinks they need to get away from the island now. Uh, he doesn't want to be there when they open up whatever's in the hatch. I think a a big thing, too, is that he needed to hear it from Walt versus from other people. Mm-hmm. And because they're like just coming into their father-son dynamic... I feel like it just took a long time for Walt to get the courage to say it. Yeah, absolutely. Son uh, tells Kate uh, that Jack knows about the poison, but she says, I'm not going to say that it was your idea. So yeah, that really was like the final little, you know, layer of manipulation on this is that Kate convinced Son to try and do this to Jin because then Kate would get Jin's spot. uh, Mm -hmm. At least that's what you would assume. Also, I gotta say, if that's the configuration that they're going with, where son or where Kate replaces Jin, can you just imagine being Michael and Walt and being stuck on a raft with Kate yeah. and Sawyer <laughs> until help arrives? Like, my God, uh, that'd be good awful. motivator to yeah, you know, just like help. I guess you're on day four and like you wake up and you're like cold all over. You're like a little bit. Uh, soaked still because no matter what you do you're soaked and you've been sleeping on just you know raw bamboo and then you look over and like Sawyer once again has like pinned Kate down and has all of her linen you're just like hey you gotta stop doing this dude (laughs) we need to actually sail this thing Um, and yeah it ends with uh, Sun saying you know when I was a little girl I believe that once I found the man I loved I would be happy forever and Kate says me too uh, kind of a weird ending. Doesn't really jive with, I guess that's maybe Kate talking about Tom. I don't know. But that's the end of the episode. All the stuff with Sun and Kate just infuriates me because Sun is like, she's just been, I know that she was lying about speaking English, but we know as an audience that it was for a good cause. Yeah. And she's just been like so pure and really cultivating and fostering the island for the better and just to be manipulated by Kate is ugh, yes. so icky. And so I was right about her in the end. Like his instincts are, are right about Kate. Yeah. I think, I mean, I have to imagine there's an element of it where Kate is trying to be helpful and is also just realizing the opportunity that she can grab at the same time. But yeah, I mean, son is just wholly manipulated. Like, Mm-hmm. All of her bad thoughts about what's going to happen to Jin when he goes out on that raft are being used to, like, fuel Kate's plan to, like, uh, I guess sneak away off the boat whenever they get rescued. Mm-hmm. Which, how does that add up anyway? Like, if you're being rescued on an island or a boat, like, what what is the difference exactly? Like, Well, 
I mean, once... I will say once... So, like, we're assuming, like, they get picked up by a boat, and then they go from that boat to the mainland, and then they get whatever the authorities involved would be. So probably, at that point, they're going through the manifest. Maybe Michael's giving a list of everyone on the manifest that he knows is still alive. Oh, and sure. then, and then at that point, they know. Oh, Kate Austin is alive. We need to bring, you know, law enforcement to like pick her up whenever we're getting everybody. So I guess Kate is just planning on uh, the second the boat hits the port, just like skipping out before they can contact authorities. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this comes in at number one hundred eight on IMDb. Um, pretty low on the list, frankly. About. Not not the lowest that we've gotten so far, because, of course, the other one is number 112, which is whatever the case may be. But both are Kate episodes. <laughs> yeah, I think that rating is fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I will say it's significant because, of course, 108 is what happens, what, or what the number that you get when you add 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 together. Mm. So really, it's just all part of the island's mystery. That is kind of a problem with this episode, too. It really doesn't put forward anything else about the island mysteries. And the other episodes where that's the case have typically been like the Sun and Jin episodes. Uh, Those ones are a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one just doesn't have a lot going for it. But next week uh, is Exodus Part 1, which is uh, part one of the three-part finale. So it's not anybody's episode. They're going to be... I mean, we'll talk about it, but... There's not a specific character for the flashbacks, so. We're almost at the end of season one. I know. Pretty wild. Yeah. Um, it's uh, uh, crazy to think about shows having 25 episodes in a season. It is. Now. <laughs> yeah. Because now it's like you're watching a 12-episode Netflix show, and then you'll get to, like, episode 10, and you'll be like, we didn't need half of this. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> this was too big already. But yeah, Emma, did anything happen? On the week of May 11th, 2005? Oh, man, did it ever. Okay. Um, There was a film premiere that I think you and our listeners would be interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, And this premiered at the Keynes Film Festival. um, Very prestigious film festival. Any guesses to what it would have been? Um... Let me see, 2005, May 2005. What my heart, unfortunately, is telling me is that it is um, the accursed movie Garden State, directed by Zach Braff. No? That is such a good guess, though. Thank God. It's not Garden State. Okay. Um, It's not like an art house. Oh, okay. It's um, a little more mainstream. Shark Tale? <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, Premiered okay. at Cane's. I did not realize That's that wild. Premiered it at Cane's. But yeah, uh, it's it premiered on uh, May 15th, 2005. Wow. That, but it does um, have Natalie Portman in it. Okay. You're yeah, close. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it was... Um, Somehow a step up from Garden State. Yeah. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Have you seen those movies recently? The the oh Star gosh. Wars prequels? Tim Tim likes them. So we do watch them like every Oof. once in a while. And They're uh, bad. They're 
bad. I think that the episode three is at least a tiny, tiny bit better than episode two. Can episode I ask two you something? Is like the worst, yeah. Does he actually like them, or does he just want to like them? I think he likes them. I think That's it's crazy. because they came out when he was like a teenager. I think there's like a nostalgic add to it. Yeah, same that, here. That is. I was crazy. also a teenager then. I can recognize that those movies are dog shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that one. It's just a, it's just crazy. Like that's what happens when you're there's nobody to tell George Lucas no. Yeah, like you got to stop, buddy. Have you ever seen the stuff of um, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and God, I can't remember the other. There's like a third guy, and they are like coming up with their ideas for Indiana Jones, I believe, and The Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it's them brainstorming, and it's just George Lucas giving these absolute, like, bad shit off-the-wall ideas. Or, like, really weird stuff, too. Like, there's a part where he talks about how uh, the the woman Marion uh, should be, like, way younger than Indiana Jones. And Steven Spielberg and the other guy are like, okay, I don't think, actually, I don't think we need that. And, like, they're, like, clearly just... George Lucas needs somebody to, like, temper whatever he's doing, because otherwise we get those yeah. Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. And, look, obviously, did I love Jar Jar Binks? Yeah, of course. Who I love him. didn't? Yeah, well, he's, people he's didn't, great, but... yeah. He... <laughs> um, when it came out, I thought he was funny. Yeah. I mean, it's wild, because it, but... in that movie, he is somehow not the most racist character. So that's... Yeah. Pretty impressive, honestly. Good job, George Lucas. Or maybe not. Um, (laughs) Well, all right. So, yeah, next week we'll do Exodus Part 1. Until then, uh, give us... uh, Send us an email. Allthebestpodcasts at gmail.com. Send us a tweet. At allthebestpods on Twitter. You know, send us... You know what? Send us an email and talk about what you think about the movie Garden State. Was I too harsh on it in this episode, do you think? Uh, Give Mm -hmm. us your opinions. Or even just Zach Braff. Just talk about Zach Braff to Mm -hmm. us. What are your thoughts on him? Or Jar Jar Binks. Or Jar Jar Binks. Okay, actually, never mind. Scratch everything we just said. Send us an email if you think Zach Braff could have played Jar Jar Binks. Um, I actually think he really could have. uh, I think he could have. Which is unfortunate. Um, He is as detestable a character. Well, no. Because I don't think Jar Jar Binks would ever beat up a child. And uh, Zach yeah. Braff, we know for a fact, would. Uh, have you ever seen that, the thing with it, with the, the punked with him? No. I'm the, scared to look at it. It's not good. I mean, it's pretty. I think they edited it out. But for his punked, uh, they made him think that a kid like spray-painted his Porsche. And so I believe it was... Uh, Donald Faison, which is uh, the guy who played Turk on Scrubs. So it's like his buddy punking him. And Mm -hmm. so they have the kid, you know, either spray paint another Porsche that looks like it or however they trick him into thinking it. And then the kid runs off and Zach Braff, like, chases down the kid and is truly about to beat the shit out of him before the producers, like, uh, you know, stop him and tell him it's a, he's being punked. And I think it Ashton basically Kutcher was... has to tackle him. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think it's basically a... Uh, uh, they, I think it was completely unusable. <laughs> there's oh there's just lore gosh. about it on the internet. 
uh, instead of the actual footage. Which is crazy, because i got to say, if you have Porsche money, you also have getting spray paint off of Porsche money. Um, and if you don't, it's then insured. you never really had Porsche money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's insured. With that thought in our minds, uh, <laughs> we will see you all next week. And until then, uh, get lost. Get lost. <laughs>